Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We have a candy bracket. Roger Wallace, uh, UT Colorado analyst, television in, in Austin, a great friend of mine, has been now since the, oh, well, it's back in the mid to late 1980s. Roger, I have a bunch of candy in our studio just because we're being a little bit Halloween silly. If you had to pick between, we were having a tournament like a similar candy, Kit Kat, Kit Kat against Mr. Goodbar. Which of those Ooh. two would you take? I, I don't eat either one of those, but I thought that'd be a good first round matchup. Maybe George Mason against Kentucky or something like that back in the day. How many people know still know what Mr. Goodbar is? I don't know, but it was. I think it, that's a. I, I think that's a sneaky good candy bar. Yeah, is that Georgia State against Baylor, Paul? Is that? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be. That, uh, that, that Richmond against, oh, I'm not going to bring that up because Roger's an Indiana fan. I'm sorry about that. Mr. <laughs> Goodbar is like a, a butler before Brad Stevens got big. That's a, really good, you, yeah. but you don't really think of him first. So who are you going to take? Kit Kat? Or, I'm going Mr. Goodbar. All right, I'm Paul. Going, I'm going, uh, all right. yeah. Yeah, okay. Kit, Kit Kat's off the table. So oh, our yeah. next round opponent will be Baby Ruth against Butterfinger. Not you. We won't put that pressure on you. That's an easy pick for me. Yeah. All right. Roger, great game this week. UT has been able to do what they needed to do. That semi-scare against Houston. They hammered BYU. Uh, and they've really kind of owned Kansas State, which is interesting, uh, despite some of the ups and downs of the horns. Is this about as good a matchup as you could find right now in the Big 12? Boy, I think so, the way K-State's playing. It's funny you say that, uh, David, because people that, that kind of like to look at uh, of, of history and then they, they, they don't look closely sometimes because K-State was such a thorn in Mac Brown's side, in Texas' side early on in the Big 12. There's still that perception uh, that, you know, K-State owns Texas and the signs. But you're right, six in a row, eight of the last ten, Texas has won. has nothing to do with Saturday. But you're right, Texas has kind of had their number. And, uh, and yeah, but the way K-State's playing uh, and the way Texas, I think, you know, there's still some questions about, about how dynamic this offense will be uh, with Malik Murphy. Uh, so, yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is good as it gets. I mean, you know, just two of the five tied for first place in the Big 12. Roger, what do you think that Kansas State does that Texas will have trouble stopping? Uh, well, they've got a really good defense. So if, if if Texas can't run the ball consistently and they've run it okay the last two weeks, not to what uh, Sark would like, 
but if they can't run the ball, life's going to be really tough on Malik Murphy uh, because, you know, that's that's what they're going to play for. They can say, all right, beat us uh, in your second start. And then I think I think just K-State, as physical as they are on offense, but, you know, Howard's a, a big guy that, that has thrown the ball better. Uh, they use the tight end. They have Phillip Brooks on the edge. They've got D.J. Giddens. So I, I just think they're pretty well-rounded on offense. And then Texas got to find a way. I mean, they've scored in the 30s every game and one 40-point game. They haven't had that, you know, that breakout offensive game, but they've never done this before where they've scored at least 30 points uh, in their first eight ball games. But they're going to have to find some ways to get some uh, dynamic plays on offense. A couple of Texas fans in our chat room asking, one of them, Paxton, if you think that uh, Sarkeesian will finally figure out the three-three-five defense. I'm not sure what the history is there. I guess that's probably amongst Texas fans or whatever. Is that something that's a deal? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the you know TCU and Iowa State. Yep. Uh, and and you know they've had success and they've also struggled against both of those uh, defenses. So yeah, I think I thought the question was going to be, will he figure out dot 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 red zone offense? There you go. And you know and you know goal line offense. That's that's what got him. Uh, up at night, and I'm I'm sure he he bites his tongue uh, when talking about it because I'm sure he's as perplexed as anybody how a team that, that moves the ball as well as they do between the twenties can't quite figure it out. But uh, yeah, I don't know I don't know about that specific scheme as far as Sark's worried about the three three five. I mean, you know, he game plans every defense, and he's had a certain amount of success against those guys, and and vice versa, he's had some trouble. Uh, with those defenses and other, you know, other defenses as well. Roger, what do you think the the red zone formula is going to be? Boy, I mean, it's it's win at the line of scrimmage. I mean, you know, they against OU they brought in uh, Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat. You know, a couple of defensive tackles, and if you watch those plays, they never found anybody to block. And so, uh, and then on this occasion, Saturday. Murphy gets to the goes to the second level to block. Now the second level's only a few yards off the ball, but he doesn't get anybody at the point of attack, and that's where uh, Texas gets stopped. So if they're going to go with that big package, they got to make sure they they get a you know as they say a hat on a hat and and find a way. But uh, the the play, I mean, you know, they've tried to throw it. They threw the slant to Worthy on the fourth down. Mm-hmm. They threw that little tight end pass uh, to Sanders on the fourth down. He got tripped up. So it, it, it's almost like gets kind of contagious. Things just just don't work. They don't really throw a fade that well, uh, and so you know that might be one of the issues. Uh, but I think it's just winning at the line of scrimmage is the kind of the the where it starts. I, I saw at Malik Murphy uh, early on. He, he had some resiliency because he threw the pick early and eventually came back. And you know, again, he's young. He's raw. He's obviously very dynamic. What will they do? Sometimes I've seen this is back in the days. Maybe it's just me. When a player has come in for UT and people are thinking, okay, you got to be conservative, they've been even the opposite. They've been very aggressive. You think they might do that against K State with him? Yeah, and they, they did it to a certain extent. You know, he threw the ball every down on their first possession that, you know, they got a first down and ended in punt. And I, I think even their second possession, they threw a lot. Now, remember, they, they had the punt return for the touchdown. So, um, that obviously helped to get that early lead, uh, but yeah, I think I think Stark knows they're going to have to they're going to throw the ball. Uh, they didn't get over the top uh, with uh, their receivers this past week, so I mean he loves throwing over the top. A lot of it's not worked, but they've hit a few. Uh, but I think I think definitely they've got to find a way to soften up 
that K-State defense, or it's going to be a, a long day uh, for Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter and those guys. How, long, how, how do you think they'll handle the two-quarterback thing? Well, Howard, it was more of a more Howard on Saturday, but Johnson is so fast. That's the thing that that jumped out. So, I mean, as soon as he gets in the ball game, how can you not think? All right, he's he's running. So then, you know, you get creative on offense. He goes play action uh, or something like that. And then Howard's so big that he's not the dynamic runner, but you know, he can kind of lumber his way to to make positive yardage and, and pick up a first down and things like that. Uh, but they've been pretty good on defense. Uh, with, you know, Howard, it's the off-schedule quarterback runs that have hurt Texas uh, with Milrow and, um, you know, against Alabama and some of those things. It hasn't been, you know, the, the designed uh, quarterback run. So I think they'll be pretty buttoned up on that. Roger, uh, many people in the comments here about Texas needs to run the damn ball, pound the rock. <laughs> Um, they have the dynamic, and Jonathan Brooks is among the best in the country. Obviously, Baxter, the, the, the elite freshman, among others. Is that – I mean, they're running the ball well. Why is, – is, is are they sometimes trying to maybe outthink out, uh, themselves? Oh, yeah. I, I think you can always, you know, accuse a coach when, when you think run, run, and then they try to hit one. And, you know, they throw a lot of deep balls on first down. Uh, you know, to try to obviously catch the defense. And then when that doesn't work, then you get into that second and 10. Are you going to probably run it on second and 10? You get three or four yards, and then you're, you know, in a a less than desirable uh, third down. So, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the rushing yardage, uh, they've got over 1,200 yards rushing, and the passing uh, yardage is just a a little bit over 2,000. So it's, uh, you know, it's I would call that pretty balanced. I know it's heavier to the pass, but that's, you know, could, you know, you get a big play here and there, and that's going to skew the passing yardage. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they want to run the ball better than they did the last two, and I think they'd be more than happy to turn this. And I, I referenced you guys remember last year's uh, end of the Baylor game when it you know turned all run, mm-hmm. uh, and so. But but you know they've got to be able to beat them through the year. They've got to keep uh, that defense honest. I don't think it's just as easy as as pound it at Kansas State because that's what Kansas State is going to be uh, playing for. Malik Murphy puts his heels on the end zone, on the end line, and lets it go. Where does it land? <laughs> I'm not, I think he can go. Maybe I haven't seen him air it out like that. We don't, you know, we don't get a lot of uh, looks at practice, but I think he can probably throw sixty-five in the air. Maybe that's I mean, my he, guess. Question yeah. is, can he, you know, out throw receivers or vice versa? Now the throw against, uh, you know, that first touchdown, and I, I realized Mitchell was wide open. Uh, he got behind the defense, but still, how many quarterbacks, especially young guys, would throw that? So Mitchell, by the time he's under it, he's out of the end zone. It's just, you know, the fact that he put enough air under it and still let Mitchell go make a play. To me, that said a lot uh, for an early throw in his first start. Uh, and, and Sark always says he's a natural passer, and so. Uh, I, I think that's one thing that, you know, a freshman, uh, and he was kind of a mystery. You know, he came in as a five-star guy, but he was always hurt. And so nobody really knew what to think of him. Um, and now uh, you get Arch Manning to come in. All right, well, when's Arch going to take over? Well, you got this other guy that's now healthy that Sark really likes. And, you know, he's going to play the guy that he thinks at that moment is, is ready. So uh, it'll be interesting, guys, because – you know, does he make the jump from week to week, or does a defense have a 
a full game of tape. And so do they, you know, make some adjustments to them that obviously BYU didn't have a full game of tape. They just know what Sark likes. Which, which brings me to this. Uh, right now, Malik Murphy is still someone, and I hope for the rest of his career in college, admired by the University of Texas fan base for his patience, for not bolting when a lot of people would. In fact, one of the players on his roster is somebody that bolted from somewhere else in Quinn Ewers. In the end, if Malik has any kind of crack here that doesn't quite work out, do you still think he'll remain at Texas? I hope he does because I'm not real big about guys leaving if they don't get what they want. I don't know. I mean, if let's say he plays two or three more weeks and if viewers comes back and he's good, you know, what what's going to happen in the offseason with other programs? Now they've got a body of work to base it off of, yeah. not about yeah. his, his high school resume. And then what happens, let's just say viewers – is not here next year. Cause if he's here next year, then, you know, throw your arms up and anybody try to guess what's going to happen with that quarterback room. I think it would just be a guess, but if it's Malik and, and um, Arch Manning, and then they've got uh, Trey Owens coming in, uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, you, you really uh, admire someone that would stick with it, but you can't blame anybody also uh, for looking for opportunities. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a case where you go through spring and see how it's going to play out. Uh, but that's a really good uh, – I'm sure every Texas fan is, is wondering that exact thing now that, you know, he's going to start his second game. And I don't see any reason why, in, unless he really struggles, I don't see any reason why all of a sudden they're going to decide, oh, we think Arch is, is more uh, ready than he is. So, therefore, you know, it's a clear-cut delineation between yours, Murphy, and, and Arch Manning going into the offseason. Yeah, you know, Roger, before the season started, I, I said that if Quinn Ewers is in the draft, it's probably really good news for Texas. Like, it, it, that, like No question. It, it's, I mean, I know it, like, it sounds kind of, you know, most schools would be like, no, God, please let him stay as like, long as he, as he can. But I would think that if he winds up in the draft, then that means, especially just given that we're like where the season stands at this exact moment, that means they, pretty, they finish pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally agree, and I think in in their heart of hearts, when they're sitting in rooms with the doors closed, that that was the plan that they see happening, is that he's got his three years, uh, he's eligible, he's not projected terribly high right now. It's kind of dropped a little bit, but uh, that can all change. Uh, and then yeah, then you you have to go figure it out. And I don't think I don't think Sark worries about figuring it out because again, he's in the business of winning games, not of uh, you know, hurting feelings. And if, if he thinks Malik would be the guy next year and, and something were to happen, well, that's college football. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's rare that they have three right now. And not that, not that Arch is ready, but just the, uh, how highly touted they are uh, that you have three like that. So it is going to be an interesting off season, no doubt. Roger, a win against Kansas state with what we now have at the top of the big 12. It's uh, not chaos, and then there's also elimination games because of people who are playing each other, including Oklahoma after the loss to KU playing Oklahoma State. Uh, just what you see and how, to me, I'm maybe not talking too early here, I think, but the winner of this game to me will be in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I think I think this is it'd be really difficult if Texas loses because then they've lost head to head with two teams that are in the hunt, and they still and then they only have uh, one more of a team that's in the hunt, and that's right. at Iowa State. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. More so uh, 
if they lose, I think that's going to be really difficult. Uh, if they win, obviously in great shape, because that means they beat a really good team. Now you're going on the road to TCU, which has been a tough place uh, lately, although they did win in Sark's first year uh, up there. And then, gosh, that Iowa State game looks a lot different now than it did a month ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, you win this, you're a pretty confident club going up to Fort Worth. Uh, with a win over a, a really hot K-State team to get to 8-1. and one. Enjoy it. I know you will. Keep up the great job, young man. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate your time. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.